Good evening, this is Mandy Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News. The Red Oak Police Department arrested 53-year-old Joshua Norman Fuller of Lincoln, Nebraska today on a Department of Criminal Investigation warrant for two counts of assault on persons and certain occupations and on a charge of attempted murder of a peace officer. Fuller was held on $100,000 cash bond at the Montgomery County Jail. The warrant stems from an incident on November 19th when a Red Oak police officer contacted a male subject outside a residence at 310 Broad Avenue in Red Oak. The officer investigated the driver for operating a vehicle without a valid driver's license. After a physical struggle with the officer, the subject was able to get away and made entry to his car. In doing so, the subject, in a reckless manner, drove towards the officer. The officer fired his weapon, striking the subject, causing a serious but non-life-threatening injury. An Atlantic man was arrested for stalking and other charges. The Atlantic Police Department's 33-year-old Tyler Mills was charged on December 12th for stalking third or subsequent offense, criminal mischief fourth degree, violation of a no-contact order, providing false identification information, and interference with official acts. Mills was taken to the Cass County Jail where he was booked and held. The Atlantic Police Department also reports the arrest of 23-year-old Fatika Renu of Atlantic on December 11th for public intoxication. 26-year-old Sergio Ramos of Atlantic was arrested December 11th for violation of probation. And 18-year-old Efrain San Diego of Atlantic was arrested December 9th for public intoxication. The Audubon County Board of Supervisors is working on a way to help the city of Exira with a match for a surface transportation block grant. Exira City Clerk Began Anderson appeared at the supervisors' meeting on Tuesday to discuss the grant she is applying for through Region 12 to resurface Washington Street through Exira. Audubon County Supervisors Chairman Doug Sorensen says this happens to be a farm-to-market road. You know, Exira has a $7 million um, sewer project going on simultaneously, so they're a little trying to watch their cash. And uh, so she was wondering if the county would help, and it also helps on these grant applications if you have a co-sponsor. So... She was wondering if she could, we could partner with the county and propose that. And uh, the 20% share that she was asking us to help on, it would be 138000 Sorensen said counties normally do not spend county money on city streets. However, he says this is a grant application on a farm-to-market road. And to get it done, you know, when you talk about a half-a-million-dollar project um, getting done that otherwise might not get done... Um, I said, you know, this bears really bears us breaking with the Norman and helping out, out Exira and getting this thing done. Good for the county, good for Exira, um, and good to, good for our farm north. Sorensen says the other supervisors agreed to find $138,000 in the budget to help with this 20% match for the road project in Exira. The Exira EHK School District is in the early planning stages of a proposed renovation project to partner with the community on the school's weight room. In June, Tom Benton and Travis Nelson shared drawings to renovate and expand the weight room to create a public space. The idea was revisited at Tuesday's board meeting. Superintendent Trevor Miller says this discussion started two years ago. Um, we're trying to figure out a way that we can partner with the community uh, to make it like a community uh, weight room. Uh, so we're trying to you know what's that look like for liability, who's in charge of cost. Um, since it, since our weight room is a separate building, they wouldn't be have access into the school buildings at all. So it's just, how can we improve it and what's it look like? Miller says this is an excellent opportunity because many small communities do not have a weight room or a fitness center. The 2023 Angel of Christmas Award was presented to Dr. Ken Burkhart and Sharon Sandhorse of the Atlantic Food Pantry. 
The Angel of Christmas Award recognizes area residents who symbolize the true meaning of the season. Angels exemplify the true holiday spirit all year long, putting others first, spreading generosity, and sharing the holiday spirit with everyone they meet. Cast Health CEO Brett Altman presented the award this morning. Although everyone that volunteers at the food pantry is an angel, and yeah. we just want to recognize your selfless acts, your kindness and compassion. And Dr. Burkhart, you've been a physician, you went to medical school, and I have a sense that this is as much a purposeful worthwhile work as yeah. as being a physician to patients yeah. was. So. Uh, we just really appreciate your kindness, your compassion, uh, your willingness to help other people uh, day in and day out and giving of your time and yourself. So uh, congratulations, <laughs> our 2023 Angels of No. Dr. Ken Burkhart and Sharon Sandhorse were nominated by Barbara Lytle. You can read her full nomination on this story on our website at westerniowatoday.com. The winners of the 2023 Atlantic Municipal Utilities Deck the Homes Holiday Lights Contest were announced today. Steve Chepkes, general manager of Atlantic Municipal Utilities, said they pick an employee with kids and they go around town to pick their favorite holiday light displays. We do a first, second, and third, and we give a credit. We put a credit on their a utility bill with us uh, of $100, $75, or $50 for the three places. Today we've have, we have a couple of repeat people, but they haven't been here for four or five years, so we kind of cycled around and then it's just who got picked this year, so. First place went to Craig Rasmussen at 305 Cedar Street. Second place went to Sean and Melissa Sarsfield at 2101 Maple Street. And third place went to Chris and Linda Conrad at 1311 Sunnyside Lane. Atlantic City Administrator John Lund says it has been a whirlwind of economic activity this past month after 10 years of relative quiet. Lund says everything seems to be happening all at once and plans to schedule a city council workshop in January to address a few things. I really do think 2024, if things kind of all align, could be one of the biggest years when it comes to development and change in Atlantic, probably since we built the Y all those years ago. Um, I mean, first and foremost, Vision Atlantic is working on housing, the YMCA, and childcare as one big package. That alone would probably constitute the biggest um, development in this community uh, since at least the 80s. Lund said there are three different clusters of needed commercial development. He said the city continues to work with Retail Coach, but a decision will have to be made on whether or not to pursue that contract. We also have a number of businesses that are in need of uh, land for expansion. Um, so taking that into account um, and trying to identify properties suitable for that. And then um, kind of my uh, vision for a restaurant district um, uh, in town, and we're working on renderings for that. Lund says the Splash Pad Committee has been diligently working on that project, and it's on its way to completion next year. He said the public library is doing a second floor interior update, and additional code enforcement is coming on board. Lund said there is a lot of potential for the city in 2024. Atlantic Mayor Grace Garrett recognized three outgoing city council members and presented the oath of office to three new members, and two members were re-elected to their respective seats. 
The city department heads started the meeting by introducing themselves to the new council members, Emily Kennedy, 1st Ward, Mike McDermott, 3rd Ward, and Sean Sarsfield, 4th Ward. Mayor Garrett followed up the introductions by honoring outgoing council members Lee Sisko and Linda Hartkoff for their faithful service to the city of Atlantic. We have been blessed with some good folks to serve alongside. And I have had a very supportive council since I took my role as mayor. And I, I want you to know, Lee, how much I appreciate your expertise, how much you brought to the table. Lee was a retired state trooper with the state of California. And Lee brought a lot to the table, and he served on our committees well. And I just want to personally tell you, I am going to miss you, but I hope that you're not too far away. Lee Sisko said serving on the council has been an education. I think if anybody's in the community, uh, they really ought to think about it because there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that I don't think the community completely understands what it takes to get a simple crosswalk done. I mean, there's a lot of cogs in the wheel that have to turn and turn properly. And I think the more involvement we get from the community, the better off we are. Mayor Garrett recognized Linda Hartkoff for her 16 years of service on the city council. Hartkoff said she enjoyed serving the community. She admitted she did not know what she was in for when elected the first time as a write-in candidate. He has truly... I wasn't expecting it. But I said when I first ran that I would listen to the clients, the people who contacted me about an issue and then vote the way they wanted to. And I have tried to remain true to that. If you contacted me about something and talked to me about something, I tried to vote the way the majority of those of you who contacted me wanted me to do. So I appreciated the community. I learned a lot too. There's still lots to learn. If I would be on the council, as it's a continual learning experience. But I've enjoyed it, and thank you to everybody who's been a part of my life in that time. Outgoing third ward councilman Pat McCurdy was not at the meeting on Wednesday. Mayor Garrett followed up with the swearing in of three new council members and veteran members reelected to office Elaine Audie and Jim Barons. More news online at westerniowatoday.com. I'm Eddie Bellings with KSOM and KS95 News.